Welcome to a special episode of the Diversions Podcast. I am your host here, Keddy. And it's me. And for today's episode is one <clears throat> that B and I have been looking forward to for such a long time. Boy, if you guys only knew the truth. <laughs> and that is episode 64 for the Nintendo 64. One of the greatest and perhaps the greatest console of all time. It changed the gaming scene with its 64-bit CPU and cartridge games and high-quality 3D games. Throw some air quotes on that one. <laughs> but for the time, yeah, gorgeous stuff. Yeah, yeah, for the time, obviously, it was like revolutionizing. Like Nothing like that has ever been done yet. I mean, where would we be now if it wasn't for that groundbreaking console, I guess? Yeah, that's true. That led paved the way for like first-person shooters for everyone. After the video game crash of 1983, Nintendo sought to be dominant again in the video game market, trying first to develop CD-ROM games with the company Philips, if you can remember them. What what did they make again? The screwdriver. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> no, but they made uh, <laughs> electronics, like boomboxes, uh, TVs. I don't know what else. Right. I'm inclined to believe you. I feel like I had like a Toshi or a Philips TV or something like that back in the day. It was like the basement TV because it wasn't the best TV, but it was the basement TV. Yeah. And I was wondering, I was like, where did they go to? Because I feel like they fell off the electronic scene. Turns out now they're just making medical equipment. Not good for them. I'm and hoping they're not charging an arm and leg for it. <laughs> I mean, also they're a Dutch company too. And I'm like, I don't know how you get Philips from Dutch or whatever it is that needs to be. But yeah. They're Dutch? Yep. Interesting. That did not come across at all. Their endeavor with Nintendo uh, ended up in a couple of failed games, which we'll get to in a bit. But they also partnered up with Sony Ooh. to try to make a new console and everything. But both of those prototypes from both companies were deemed failures by Nintendo. Also because no third-party companies wanted to develop games for these two, which is surprising. I don't know how that went down, but it is what it is. But Philips did make original CDI-ROM games for their like own computer. I don't know if they were computer games or they had like their own cd playing like little interactive kind of like how do i explain it i don't know do you remember like leap pad with the point and click yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Shit? yeah that kind of style of games uh these three legend of zelda games are very much infamous because of their artwork and portrayal of the characters it's ridiculous and they, they don't sound good guys they don't and also if you look them up oh my god you guys would be terrified oh, no. so the first three games and that is zelda one of gamelon that sounds pretty cool it's okay i mean that's about as interesting as the game gets. That's unfortunate. The next one is Link, the Faces of Evil, which you'd think would be something epic, but then you look at how Link looks and it's just like, oh no. It's It sounds like it could be like a precursor to Majora's Mask, but nope, it's... it's Completely not. And then the last one is Zelda's Adventure, which looks like those basic like sieves, like animation kind of characters. It's probably the best one looking at the bunch, but it's not a very high bar. Yeah, again, the bar was still being invented back then. <laughs> now... These games are like infamous just because Nintendo themselves don't even acknowledge them. They're just trying to be erased from existence. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, you can't bury every copy like they did with E.T., but by God, they're going to try their hardest. And they're winning so far. Yeah, so far. But with Sony's failure, their prototype led to them to develop the PlayStation. So already the Nintendo 64 being responsible for the development of another great console, I think makes it the greatest console of all time. Yeah, PlayStation came on the map hot and hard, and all thanks to N64. How did like how did that prototype with those two fail when they both went on to be so successful with like that technology? Maybe they couldn't like meet what Nintendo was trying to do, and then what Sony 
I guess where they wanted to go as well, I guess. And then Sony was like, hey, man, we could make some games, too. I got games on my phone. (laughs) But just what truly makes the Nintendo 64 great and fondly remembered? Well, I say we're going to dive in and find out. is the commercials and accessories that it came with i mean growing up i don't remember too many commercials but the ones that i do definitely stick out and it's just like they're they're really creative i I will admit they're very creative they were all over the map and like you probably couldn't get away with a lot of it nowadays which is fucking awesome yeah no they were good stuff i don't remember most of them uh but i I watched like the video before i got here just like a compilation of a bunch of them and do you remember the one with uh, like hey you pikachu where the bulldog is just yeah. like being left alone and abandoned <laughs> yeah. by this fucking child he's even like yeah i don't even need any I, like i just get fat and i don't even i take myself for walks like pikachu depressed the hell out of this bulldog so took over weird weird commercial idea but hell it sold some units i'll tell you that much <laughs> well that's for sure because it was not the quality of that game that moved it Another fun one was that I watched. The one that I remember was the one for Christmas times that were advertising like the console and also like the video games that they have. And what really sticks out to me is like one of the few times that like Claymation Warriors or Claymation Fighters. I forgot the name of the game, but that one is like advertised. In- Clay Fighters, that's what it was called. <clears throat> Clay Fighters. It was advertised like as the N64 package or get the n64 and play these uh awesome games like clay wow. fighter and i was just like damn that's, that's who to th- thunk that would have been a flagship game for this thing <laughs> holy hell i mean glover absolutely but clay fighter sure man why not there's that one and then the other one that like shocks me that they even got away with this was for the first mario party uh there's like a group of kids having like a party police come they're like oh who's in charge over here and then mario pops up saying it's him which one of you jokers goes by the name mario it's me and then they like tell him to step outside and they are they arrest they mario. straight up carry him away they cuff him cuff him, and you get no resolution like the last thing you know he is in custody <laughs> mario is in jail right now and like the whole time you see the commercial dude just like talking about the game and it's just like mario is getting arrested out there what if mario got shanked in prison and all of the mario games like mario mario super mario 2 the like play and that's just him bleeding out and losing consciousness <laughs> and hallucinating the whole thing oh man. that's my uh that's my walter white theory on that one it's a really great commercial. There's the other one for like the different, I don't want to say different colors, but everyone's like people in the city are colored differently. And then when they come together, they make the Nintendo 64 logo. Wow. And then they go, get in or get out. Integration. Like, Beautiful. Yeah. 64 bit CPU, man. That was the pinnacle of technology back then. Hey, they rocked it. Some of those uh, cutscenes and commercials that they did actually look pretty rad, like by TA standards even. But uh, yeah, actual gameplay, not so much most of the time. No, and the Nintendo 64 had, like, a wide array of accessories. You wouldn't think for the technology back then, but it did have a lot. It had the Wide Boy 64, where you can, like, insert, like, a cartridge into the 64, and then you put your Game Boy game inside that cartridge, and you can play your Game Boy games through the 64. Yeah, and specifically for, uh, like, Pokemon Stadium 2, you could, like, upload your copy of your, like, what was it, Gold and Silver at the time? It was red and blue and gold and silver, and yeah, you needed the transfer pack in order to do that. that. That's still the raddest thing I've ever heard of, and that's still like 30 years ago, dude. The other thing that they had was like the, I guess like the kind of like the controller pack, but it's like a memory card. I guess some games needed a memory card, which was baffling to me because I think every game I had did not need a memory card. Nah, there was a few that I had that like 
I feel like I had to leave it running so that I can get back to it the next day. Or like I've gotten so good at the first three levels of a game because I had to restart every single time. I got a couple of those. Another one is like the rumble pack. Like back then yeah, you had to get the rumble pack baby. to get your controller to like shake. Like at least for player one. Everyone else was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Mom said nope. She said share. Share. And the other cool thing is that they didn't include like a memory expansion pack. Like, so you could play, like, the games like Donkey Kong, and I don't think, I don't remember what other games. Were. Yeah, and it came with, like, its own special tool and instructions on how to pull it out. You felt so cool changing it out. Your parents are like, oh, you're going to break your machine. It's like, oh, don't worry, <laughs> I got this. I know what I'm doing. I think that was the birth of, like, so many computer IT tech career, like, in a lot of kids' childhoods. Definitely was for me, I guess. Yeah, see? Look at you. <laughs> so proud of you, buddy. And then the other famous accessory that did not come to fruition was the 64DD, which was supposed to enable you to insert like a disk drive uh, attached to your 64 and you could like expand games. Like, I don't know if you remember in Banjo-Kazooie, they had like the secret items, which you were supposed to use in conjunction with the 64DD. But then I also heard that if you can have Banjo-Kazooie and I forgot what other game that if you like swap out the cartridge reels fast that was their intention to put in another game so that way some of the data is still inside like the 64 and it transfers it over to Banjo-Tooie I believe was the game like they didn't need to do that and they did like that oh man it was so whimsical back in the day the thing is like that was their concept but Nintendo was just like no it's like we don't want people to like ruin and crash their systems and yeah <laughs> Although, do, oh, did you ever like have like a Game Shark plugin? My yeah. friend had one, and we would just t- try out all of the cheats we possibly could, and that thing felt so so sketchy. Like if people knew anything about the internet, that easily would have been tampered with and stolen everyone's data at some point. But yeah, I used the Game Shark with uh, what the game was in Mega Man Legends. Yeah, I used it for um, uh, Bomberman Heroes too. Unfortunately, this did not come to fruition. Um, it, it it did was I guess like an alpha wave of it was released over in japan but i didn't read too much okay i thought so because i think i've seen one before but like yeah they're out there if people like you know people collectibles or collectors i want to say want to get one i'm sure they can find their hands on some so who knows what happened with it or what could have been with it because i'm pretty sure a lot of games were trying to like expand on that but then some other commercials that i also liked um Oh, yeah, there was a young Kobe Bryant commercial for like NBA something. No, it was like Kobe, oh, Kobe Bryant's courtside basketball or yeah, something that's like what that. It was, yeah. And the whole commercial is like such a 90s commercial. And then it ends with the, the announcer grabbing Kobe's hand and he gives him like, what the hell is that? Kind of like a old school gay joke. And I, <laughs> I miss those back in, from back in the day. Oh, man. It's those are just hilarious, dude. Those are hilarious. The Just other see one, how afraid people were of like the gays. Oh, great stuff. And the other thing is that Mario started Super Smash Brothers. He's the one who tripped Yoshi. He is the one who tripped we, Yoshi. Yeah, we were having this debate recently because we couldn't remember who it was. I thought it was DK for some reason, but no, it was Mario himself tripping his loyal steed. What the hell, man? Something's gone wrong in the happy-go-lucky world of Nintendo. Introducing Super Smash Brothers. Straight up trips went and they gang up on him. And I'm just like, geez, leave the <laughs> yeah, man alone. They straight mollywop this dude. It, it was ugly. I will not take this Yoshi slander. This aggression shall not stand. Th- that's what I'm saying, man. But that's, damn, yeah. That's, I'm, that's why they like, him busted in Ultimate. <laughs> is that the only Smash Bros. commercial for that time? Because I feel like there has to be another one. There has to be. Like, there had to have been more, but that, I, honestly, they didn't need more. That was it. That was the one. They fucking <laughs> they literally made the perfect con- uh, commercial right there. Yeah, there's that. And also, like, watching more, like, commercial videos for this to see, like, how the 64 was advertised. There's one for, like, something like you're 
you're being hunted down by bugs for what game it was for the 64 like there's giant bugs that you're like fighting and shooting and everything and like you're being that's basically like the whole point of the game like you gotta like defeat all these like giant bugs oh yeah it was basically like a rail shooter you would see in an arcade but it was on n64 and bad <laughs> kind of like that and the other one was like bumblebee killer or something like that yo buck bumble buck bumble, buck bumble was like the alternate version of conquer like they give off the same vibe just like you know <laughs> small little critters that have big attitudes and it was like just a, it was a very product of the late 90s and i loved it so much but i don't know why he gives me like booster gold vibes i can see that right yeah i, can see I think that. it's just the color palette and it the attitude be. is kind of like uh what's the sidekick's name who i can never remember skeets i don't know why i never remember skeets i love skeets skeet 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 some of these commercials are, are great and i'm just like man they don't really advertise how they, i don't know is it is it is it the cultural changing times because like i feel like back then they were just a little bit more ambitious well yeah i think everything now is like more data driven so like they're not just spraying and praying and trying to put out the wackiest possible commercial because you know they gotta be safe and stuff like that and they got profits to make now so i don't know mm -hmm. in some way like i feel like the console wars um kind of ruined creativity in that regard which is hilarious because video games are only born out of necessity to get a creative outlet going you know what i mean uh -huh. but aside from the accessories and these like wild commercials that obviously brought laughter and some joy and also good memories to me free for all great company playing this system is what i remember the most basically yeah any any holiday party any birthday party or any event that i had involving family or friends the nintendo 64 was the system that we picked to play because why which is the most fun high quality games good good coach co-op and, and the coach co-op thing was like the best thing especially i guess i was more forced to play couch co-op because of my brother and a lot of games that i had to we had to buy i had to make sure there were two players yeah, I never had that problem. So I kind of grew up a single player kid. So I was dog shit at most multiplayer games. But uh, good enough to beat my friends, you know, that's all you need. <laughs> so right out of the box, there was one feature that separated the Nintendo 64 from its competitors, the Sega Saturn and the Sony PlayStation. And that is that it had four controller ports. Damn, it doubled that shit. It's a get on my level. As opposed to the two on the Saturn and on the PlayStation. Ew, puny two ports. N64 big four ports. <laughs> oh my god. So Nintendo wanted to showcase their system was powerful enough to handle four split screens with no issue or lag in performance. It helps when your graphics look like a potato fell through Back then, a thing who, that mangles graphic? potatoes. God damn it, I ran out of steam on that one. <laughs> Oh. But back then, whose graphics didn't look like potatoes? <sighs> yeah. Those were extra potato-y, though, you must say. Mm, I, I don't know. It, it, it was what it was, but I feel like it added character to it. Yeah, there you go. The N64 had moxie. It definitely did. But granted, the Saturn and PlayStation were able to support up to 12 players for the Saturn, unbelievably. If you That's like. unnecessary. Yeah. and then Nobody with a Sega Saturn has ever had 12 friends. <laughs> That's probably why it died out. <laughs> And then the PlayStation can have up to eight players with uh, an added device called the multi-tap. It's an add-on. While still, it was a luxury item. Not many people had it because I had a PlayStation myself as well. And I never had the multi-tap because it was like expensive for some reason just for one half of it. I never even heard of it. The only time I ever used that multi-tap was like one Thanksgiving. No. Yeah, it probably was Thanksgiving party that one of my cousins brought his PlayStation with his like multi-tap that he Damn. borrowed from someone. And then we were all playing like. Whatever that year's wrestling game was. I don't know. They are, they're all the same to me, but I remember very much liking them. 
So, yeah, but like I said, it's a luxury that not many people had, while the Nintendo would allow you to play with four people right from the start. Right off the bat, baby. Cause family drama day one. You don't even got to wait for it. And if you want to make it more interesting for yourself, you play four-player Mario Kart, and then you just keep switching ports as you keep pressing A and see who goes first. Huh? Yeah, you just press A on one, and then you switch it out, let the character go, go forward, you go to the second port, press A, let them go, and then you just see how, how it ends. You had way too much free time. Why would I ever want to do that? I just wanted to see. There was no one else to play with at the time. So, Sir, you could have watched paint dry and probably been just as enthused. Nah. Good lord. Okay, cool. Wow, <laughs> poor sad baby Keddy with no friends. So while many sing- great single-player games are on the N64, I think the multiplayer games are what really made it stand out. I feel like there's more multiplayer than there were single-player games. Yeah, I'd be really curious to see the ratio on that, actually, because there was a whole lot of get the family together. I think they realized they needed to cater to adults as much as kids, so they were just like, hey, families can play games, too. Yeah, because so. I'm thinking, like, obviously there's a lot of games that could be single-player with their campaign or whatever, but I think they also the majority had multiplayer Kirby and the Crystal Shards had a multiplayer. Banger multi-party. For no reason. They didn't need to. Like, it's completely unnecessary. Bomberman 64, multiplayer. Great multiplayer. Oh my god, I've had so many fights over that game. I have, like, stressed out and, like, broken down nearly crying during Bomberman games. A lot of single-player games are great as well. Like, obviously, The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, and uh, Ocarina of Time are great. But I think I definitely probably spend more time multiplayer games. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you and I both got to start, like, as a Smash player very, very young with the original Super Smash Brothers, and there is just nothing more fun in the world than just, like, whooping the shit out of your friend time and time again. <laughs> Next week, you know, put some lunch money on the line, something like that, be like, huh, if you beat me, you gotta pay, give me all your chips next week, or something like that. It's true. Yeah, so, you know, it was a good time, man. It was a good time. Yeah, because like I said, my fondest memory are, like, playing like Mario Kart 64 with my family, Super Smash Brothers, GoldenEye, the 50-turn Mario Party, it's, like, all this stuff, and it's just, like, the, the trash talking, the fights... And, like, the finger-pointing and all the other stuff. and Bro, even Mario Tennis. I've never yelled so much at a game as, like, Mario Tennis. Like, you should have fucking rolled there! Like, <laughs> <sighs> man, those AIs were just designed to piss me off. I don't know. They, I think it's just that in-person, like, camaraderie and, like, disdain for the person next to you. <laughs> That's the thing, because, like, you can play sports and stuff like that, but, what, you get one full game and then you gotta, like, pack it up for the day? No, we can play game after game after game. It's like, yeah, I whooped your ass four times in a row, but shit, you might beat me the next two times or something like that. So it was just a fun reason to go back and forth, especially if you had people who were like around your skill level a little bit, or it'd be more fun if they were a little lower than your skill level and you just get to stomp them all the time. But regardless, it's it's a, it's a hoot nanny, man. I don't, I don't really get that much more these days because I'm dog shit at every modern game. Yeah, and I feel like in an era before online gaming, I think that made... I mean, like, closer to a lot of my old friends and, like, family that I did play with. Because, I don't know, I feel like it's a fun experience when you all get together and you beat a boss. Or, like, you, like, I guess, like, especially, like, in Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. When you get, like, that victory, like, in your face. Like, <laughs> despite everything you guys tried to get to make me to lose, I still fucking won. Dude, I once annihilated my buddy, like, for the entire evening in Smash Bros. And he was so pissed by the end of it, he threw his controller at my head. <laughs> and it bounced off and almost <laughs> broke the TV. <laughs> so, Ugh. Yeah fond memories although i think that one knocked a few out of my head to be honest 
But yeah, no, man. N64, it's the family console. It's the family console. It's the ultimate clutch co-op console, I feel. Like. Honestly, that was the per- per- probably the f- birth of uh, Nintendo getting into like, oh, oh, let's just make party games. Everyone loves party games. And then they just ran with it with the Wii after that. Or GameCube after that. And then Wii. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe they slowed down a little bit on that. Because with this, I mean, they still have the Switch. There's still multiplayer games. But I feel like... Or maybe it's just different. Maybe I'm not into those games as much anymore, but I I don't know. I can't really say if the Switch has just as great multiplayer games as the 64 did. Honestly, not nearly as many. But they got a lot. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I mean it could just be a nostalgia thing. I have to, I have to try out more. Cause Probably. I, so. It's okay. Rose-tinted glasses are the prettiest kind. I mean, the console was definitely meant for family and friends. And like we'll talk more about their gaming library in a little bit later. But like I said, just to mention a few that we mentioned earlier, like Bomberman 64, Chameleon Twist 1. I love that game. Perfect Dark, Paper Mario. Like, these are all, like, bangers, bangers, bangers. Do you remember the intense-ass commercial for Paperboy on 64? Paperboy? (laughs) Yeah, Paperboy on 64. Do do you remember the original game where, like, it it, kind of looks like NES graphics, like, like earthbound style graphics but I, you're just riding through and throwing newspapers and trying to trying to get them in mailboxes i and stuff think like i that. remember the game but i don't think i remember the commercial well they it. 3d defied it and made an n64 commercial and i'm pretty sure the paperboy like stops a murder or something like <laughs> that and he's like oh i gotta be on my way to my paper route though and then just like bmx bikes off into the distance and then it shows like the most unlike the trailer gameplay you've ever seen it was like the original uh like shovelware <laughs> shitty youtube commercial game that you see nowadays i just can just imagine like what does he do when he stops the murderer it's like you just became tomorrow's news (laughs) (laughs) you you might be onto something here buddy (laughs) oh my god like what about a character who can see the future but he can only see one particular newspaper's uh headlines and that's how he knows the future that'd be crazy i mean it'd be terrible if he gets it from like a tabloid well that's what i'm saying like he gets it the next day or, like, he gets it the day before that the news happens. And so he's able to like, see, like, two days into the future. You can't really trust tablet headlines, though. But what if they're real? Maybe. 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 What, what if he can only see the real ones? Okay, okay. So he can also, like, crack mysteries. Sorry, that's a tangent for a different <laughs> day. For a different my day. brain, My brain does not work linear, <laughs> linear at all. Oh, man. I'm also so burpy. I'm just trying to talk so I don't burp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But another cool thing about the Nintendo 64 is that they brought color to the gaming scene. Nintendo 64 six new colors are so amazing. Choosing a favorite might be somewhat of a struggle. With their variety of different cool releases on their console system. One of them was like the translucent color variety of the 64 console, which were called Fantastic Colorways. Oh, Fantastic? Yeah, they were called Fantastic oh, Colorways. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. <laughs> so some of these colors were like ice blue, fire orange... So like great purple and like clear smoke, jungle green. Ooh, some atomic purple. Yeah, and some of these and some of these like came bundled with games as well. I know the blue one came bundled with uh, Pokemon Stadium, which made me want it even more. The uh, the jungle green one came with Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah, naturally, and I think there was another game that was paired with one of the other colors, but I, I can't recall. But a, a variety of these had like games like paired up with each other, and like not just that; these were cool. And at two hundred dollar price point, maybe by today's standards, and that's not a lot. But I feel even back then, I was just like, "Holy crap, we can get a cool color system for two hundred dollars!" Hell yeah! And most of them had a game included too, and two controllers. Yeah, no, and I I remember that from back in the day. It was like two hundred dollars, so much money. And then now I'm like, bro, I dropped 200 for half of that right yeah. now. 
and not just that it just like it makes like when i saw it i was like i want them all like i i want to have them all like they're just so cool and like i think that is like where i started to really love that aesthetic of like i get to see what's inside it looks so cool dude i love it uh, my <laughs> custom built game uh gaming keyboard is the atomic purple colorway so yes no i, I still remember it fondly as well I love it, man. It's, it's so cool. Like, just lo- even looking at them and pr- like through online, I'm just like, hell yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool to see them. That, and it, it didn't, they also didn't just make like different variety of like translucent colors. They also made a variety of like different ones. Like, obviously, with the Hey You Pikachu special Nintendo 64, they had like Pikachu like right onto the console and it had a special like blue and yellow controller. Wasn't like the start or reset button like a Pikachu face or his feet? It was his, uh, the power on button was his one of his foot and then the other side there was like Pokeball for like the eject and uh, reset. That's freaking adorable, man. Yeah. I and, love that. And then on the front it said Pokemon and then like the top half was colored blue, the bottom half was yellow. And same thing with the controller. It had like Pokemon on the controller where it would say Nintendo and then Half was blue, half was yellow. Yeah, that was a hot controller, too. I love that one. And then they also released a special orange version of that, but only in Japan. So say, instead oh. of the blue, it was orange. Interesting. But the same, same, same exact design. But the other one that they had released over in the UK and in Australia was called the Battle Edition. And this one came bundled together with Pokemon Stadium. And then it had a yellow controller. Top half was blue, bottom half was yellow. But on the side of it, it had like a decal or like a design of like the Pokemon from Pokemon Stadium. Like one Damn. side said, one side said Pokemon, and it had like characters surrounding like the word phrase Pokemon. And then on the other side, you just see them like out of one, I guess like cascading down all these different Pokemon designs. Obviously, you have Pikachu like big front and center. That's so. rad. I feel like that's Australia's gift for living in a hellhole of a country <laughs> inhabited purely by monsters. So, and then over in the UK Toys R Us, they came out with the special gold console, Ooh. which came with two controllers. Was there anything like the, the solid gold Wii? No, not like the solid gold Wii. Damn. This this is just painted gold. It looks really nice, too. Oh. So, and it also paired really nicely with your gold version of Legend of Zelda games. Oh, hell yeah. That was another thing, too. The cartridges were even colored, depending on the game. Yes. Like, uh, yellow for DK64, black for WWE Raw. Yes, for WWE Raw. I think Turok was also, one of them was black, I believe. I think Turok was. Uh, James Bond, The World Is Not Enough was blue. Yes. Tony Hawk was blue. Tony Hawk was blue. Um, there was another one that was red. I just can't remember the game. That yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I don't remember what it was. And then I think and a couple others were green. I think Sarge's Heroes was green. Yeah. Sarge's Heroes. That one was green, and then, man, these games are awesome. So yeah, it's, it's a cool thing, like how they like how they marketed their games with different colors, and I think even back then they were just like even collectors, like they, they were collectors. We just didn't know they were collectors. That's items. what I'm saying. If they knew about the collectible market, then they had the most genius, uh, like marketing campaign of all time because that was so smart of them to release like 35 colorways of the <laughs> same thing so that people have to get them all. Yeah, the cool thing also with like Pokemon Stadium, you could write your name on on the game. Like, this game belongs to... Oh, yeah, it came with, like, a little area where you can write on, like, a little sticker where it's like, hello, my name is... Wow. Wow. God, I miss being a kid. (laughs) Modern technology is boring. Yeah, but aside from the different colored systems, the controllers also came in a way more variety of colors. Obviously, the best one to come out was when Nintendo started packaging their standard console colorway with the Atomic Purple controller. Yeah, baby. That's my controller for life. I love that controller. It was just like, oh, it I, influenced my Game Boy color decision. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Every Nintendo like Pro Controller I've gotten has been in that purple colorway. That's just it's just my aesthetic. It's probably like the reason I love like the purple and blue uh, like vaporwave aesthetic so much. But yeah, I think the colors is what definitely helps stand out for Nintendo because like PlayStation only had the standard gray controller, and then over here you're just like, oh, I can have blue, red, green, yellow. They were on it, man. Like see-through purple um the other fantastic color colorways orange fantastic guys they were fantastic Fantastic. it was great it was fun i was just like oh my god i love it even today now i was like i want to like collect each one but with the box i can display the box oh see that's how they get you man that's how nintendo lives forever it definitely does they did so well back in the day that they can just shit out everything else in the future and be fine But there's also uh, consoles, I guess I want to say, that were also released overseas, but only exclusively in Japan and to some other areas. Like, they had ones for, like, convenience store demos, so, like, people can try their games in convenience stores for, like, Lawson's, but I had, like, the Lawson's colorway. Another one was for, like, another Japanese convenience store. I just don't know the name, but their colors are, like, orange and black, and it was, like, colored in that style. And then there was also the Nintendo 64 IQ console controller. It was like a weird think of like the original Xbox controller. Yes. The Duke, big fatty. Big fatty, just like that. And then it had the joystick was at the top here. The D-pad was underneath it. And then the A, B buttons and the C buttons. And then start select thing on, in the middle on the top. That's like a hybrid like pro controller meets N64 controller. And then it had like a big circle thing like here. Was the circle like a button or was no, it just... No, no, it was just like an indent. Kind of like how, how the, the Duke was, basically. Like, you know how... Like, like that, it just kind of like came yeah. up like a dome? And yeah, Okay. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that existed. That sounds like the perfect controller. Yeah. It's a very weird controller, but also it was not released here. It was for use for Dr. Mario, but I guess it was only... What? It was for Dr... It came bundled with Dr. Mario, but I think that was... Why only... did that necessitate its very own controller? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. It was It was launched in China, so... Uh, cool. They <laughs> love doctors over there. God damn it. Stuff like this is what I love Nintendo 64 about. Cause like it, it hasn't happened again. Like the GameCube didn't have this much many colors. It had what silver, black and orange and purple. Yeah. That purple was hot though. Yeah. That was a standard color. I think I had a silver one and then I had it customized with his melee characters on it. I never had one. Wow. Yeah. never had it. Out. Yeah. I've only had two Nintendo systems in my entire life. That's not true. Three. Uh, four. Two of them are Game Boys, though, so they don't count. But, uh, yeah, no, N64, and then I jumped straight to the Switch. I never had either of the Wii's or GameCube. Wow. Yeah. Fake fan over here. <laughs> hey, man, I was on hiatus for a long time, but I'm <laughs> back, baby. Back to my roots. Oh, yeah. Now, one twenty nine ninety five gets you an N64 and a second atomic purple color controller free. But to keep it on theme here for our Nintendo 64 episode B, tell us what we are drinking oh, today. Oh, thank fuck. I needed another drink, so I'm so glad we're pa- pausing it right now. Okay, we got... <sighs> the Atomic Purple. That was very dramatic, and I like that. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so this is a fun little cocktail because... Peek behind the curtain here, not the first time we've recorded this episode, and the original drink for this episode tasted like ass, and I was so disappointed, so luckily, Ketty was like, ooh, let's record again, the file got deleted, so I was like, awesome, new drink, but I can't just come up with a drink on the fly, Ketty being the genius that he is, and the only reason I'm on this <laughs> podcast at all, and therefore, like my lord and savior, uh, had the wonderful idea to make the Atomic Purple, as we've just been gushing about. Yes. So, he was like, oh my god, wouldn't it be good if like, you did, like, 
you know, a liquor with like grape crush. And I was like, yeah, and I give there's some lime in there so that it can uh, atomic it up, I suppose. Chemical X. It really is the chemical X in this one because it really makes it makes you kind of pucker. Like uh, it does, like a warhead. It's like a great warhead. It is very much like the '90s in a class. It's pretty great. It's also making me burn a lot. I'm genius. so sorry. I impressed myself here. I, however, not ever wanting to be in Kevin's shadow, despite the fact that I, he, I'm always in his shadow. Uh, I decided to judge it up a little bit with some Martinelli's sparkling apple and pomegranate cider, because um, I thought it'd be really funny if you had like you know Welch's grape champagne and stuff like that. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty good, but the OG grape soda just is better. Yeah, but I like it, dude. It's it it tastes like a candy you ate after you went to Blockbuster to rent a game for the weekend, like a sweeter old fashioned. <sighs> kind of, except nothing like that. <laughs> no, no. This is if um, uh, taffeta muff- mutton fudge from Wreck It Ralph. Uh, made a cocktail based off the description <laughs> of a ris- whiskey sour, maybe. So, yeah. In that sense, I'll give that to you. But, uh, yeah, that's the Atomic Purple Man, and low-key kind of slaps. It's really good. I love it. It's it's definitely a sugar bomb, so, like, be fully prepared yes. for that, guys, but, like, I'm not gonna lie to you, I've had three since we started recording this, so <laughs> it's going down easy. That's the other danger of it. Yeah, it's 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 a quicker. It's a quicker. Yeet! Almost got it. <laughs> Not even close. I was trying. I was. I threw the lime bottle. I was trying to bank it off the wall into the garbage can. It was pretty close, but you know, Kenny doesn't want to give me my flowers. No, but yeah, I think Atomic Purple is the perfect choice here for this. Yeah, it's no, a very this, this 90s lab, Nintendo. So I was thinking to myself, it's like, what is a Nintendo sixty four? Yeah, I was overthinking it way too much. You were just like, bro, soda and tequila. And I was like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. It's tequila, too. Yes. So it is uh, tequila, uh, either grape soda or uh, sparkling grape soda of some kind or grape juice of some kind. Honestly, just go grape soda. So tequila, grape soda, and a couple of squirts of some lemon lime or uh, lemon or lime volcano. Just, you know, concentrated lime juice. That shit is so good and so strong. Uh, and no measurements here, man. Just measure with your soul. I've just been free pouring all of these, which is <laughs> very unlike how I like to do my cocktails. But quite frankly, fuck it. We ball with this one. We just, we just pour to our heart's content. Oh yeah. And the please, re- please drink responsibly folks. That's for sure. And the way I came up with this idea was I was just thinking like, again, what is the Nintendo 64? What does it represent? And I was thinking like, okay. I was look. I looked at. I looked at pictures of the logo. I'm like, okay, different colors. I'm like, cool. I remember all the different colors, like the fantastic colors, all the different color controllers, and like how, like, I, for some reason, I was envious of this one kid who had a yellow controller, even though I didn't like the color yellow. But the fact that he had a yellow controller and I didn't, Dude, I was just like, same here. <laughs> I was just like, damn. I was like, I, I want it. Yeah, I want it part of my collection. Bro, there's so many, so <laughs> many out there. So, and then I was thinking, okay, and I was remember, and then I remembered about the. the atomic purple controller and i was like oh man and then my atomic purple game boy and i'm like okay that is the definition of like 90s 64 era the translucent see-through like tech because th- that is what it first introduced it to me hell yeah man i used to have the uh see-through telephone or my sister had it the see-through telephone which is just like three wires going through like <laughs> acrylic molding 
not even impressive technology, but we saw it. <laughs> so yeah, and then I was just thinking like, okay, what else is '90s? And I was like remembering Surge Soda, and I was like, okay, and I was like, grape soda, make a d- drink with grape soda. Like, what can go with grape soda? And then I was just like, all right, what would taste decent? And then I just ran with it. And I feel like tequila can just blend with whatever. Well, you said vodka or gin, but yeah. preferably not vodka. And I was like, wait, why not tequila though? Because Gin could have worked with this too, but tequila just blends in. Yeah. Tequila's at home with this one. I was saying, like, the tequila was a good substitute. Yeah. If you're trying to remember your childhood, tequila's a good way to get back there. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's for sure. And yeah, that's how we came about with the Atomic Purple. Hell yeah. A collaborative, quote unquote, cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> it's the battle to end all battles. It won't be broadcast. It won't be on KTV. It won't be in any arena. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers, and it's only on N64. But the best part of this is that we are now entering what is probably the best portion of here, and that is the Nintendo 64 gaming library, the best gaming library of all time. Yeah, hint, hint, hint here, folks. There's banger after banger. There is banger after banger. Now, you always hear quality over quantity, and that phrase is so true with the Nintendo 64 game library. While not the largest library, with only 300 and 88 games released for it during its lifespan. And you're thinking, over 300 games? Well, that's a lot. And you might think it is, but when you compare it over to the PlayStation 1 library with a whopping 7,918 games during its lifespan. Bro, that's like 10 times the games. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> An insane amount, yeah. And you, you realize, it's like, damn, it's like, how did Nintendo still, like, thrive? Honestly, they probably could have kept it around longer if they weren't trying to, like, pivot to the GameCube so quickly, but golly. Well, I mean, they had to because by that time already PlayStation was putting out their PS2. Yeah, and the technology they helped create. Oh, this feels like a like a Hatfields McCoy waiting <laughs> to happen. Like, oh, this is like a Tesla versus Edison happening right now. Yeah, I like this. And I mean, that's what you think, but, like, I feel like nowadays is, like, Nintendo and PlayStation do respect each other to a point. Yeah, no, they collaborate on a lot of things. I mean, hell. They lent half of their cast to um, Smash Brothers and stuff like that. So, hell yeah, why not? 388 games. I'm thinking, like, yeah, small library, but still the best library. Like, I couldn't name half of these games, by the way. But every single game I have played and seen has been phenomenal, uh, f- especially from back in the day. I mean, don't get, you, don't get me wrong. There's a whole bunch of stinkers out there. And we could spend an entire episode just talking about dog shit games on the N64 because there's a lot of them. <laughs> Looking at you at Superman 64. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, terrible game. But, um, yeah, dude, banger library through and through. Give me some of your, give me some of your deep cuts, man. So I didn't have a large library of games for my Nintendo 64 as much as I would like to have. I mean, I have a large library now, but that's because a lot of people like started giving me away their games and shit. And also because you have adult money now. <laughs> that too. But my core <laughs> games for the 64 when I was younger and growing up were Mario Kart 64, Banjo-Kazooie, Super Smash Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Mario Party 2, Donkey Kong 64, Star Wars Pod Racing. Now that's Pod Racing. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing, Mario now that's 64. that's Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Mario 64, GoldenEye, and then another one that I had was Mickey Speedway USA. And I feel like there's other ones that I had here and there for a time period, like Creatures, uh, Killer Instinct Gold. Yeah. That's what one. else did I have? I mean, if they're coming to me, I'll talk about it later on as we talk more about games and they pop up. So 
But yeah, I didn't have a large library, but those are the ones that I mostly played. I think the ones that I played the most were Smash Bros. I think we played more Diddy Kong Racing than we did Mario Kart just because we could have the options of different vehicles. Okay. And it's also the battle modes were just a little more fun. I really like the Super Mario Kart 64 battle modes, though. The, the, the skyscraper one? Yeah, those are fun. Banger. Those are Those are really fun, but like in Diddy Kong Racing, we can be on hovercraft. We can be like in that ice pyramid. And it's also point-based. So like if you lose the first round, That's you can fair. play the next round. And you can play as that little tiger. Yes, Timber. That, I love Timber the tiger. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> he's so damn cute. So, and then also, like I said, I didn't have many single-player games because uh, that's what happens when you have siblings. Uh, so you got to make sure there are at least two players. But I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of Nintendo 64's greatest hits. I would say one out of three games are bangers. And the library that I named, that's <laughs> like that's not even their top ten of games. So, yeah, there, and there's a lot of hidden gems among that, too. Chief amongst them is one of my personal favorites, and that's Beetle Adventure Racing, <laughs> which is like what I would say is the precursor to Burnout 3 Takedown, because uh, it was just an awesome racing game, but the whole goal wasn't exactly to finish the race. It was kind of to blow up the, the cars on the road and everything like that, and they had a battle mode that was very reminiscent of like Twisted Metal, despite the fact it predated Twisted Metal on PlayStation. So that game was a banger had no business being nearly as good as it was, and yet it was the most perfect racing game I've ever played in my life after Burnout 3 Takedown. There was another game that was like that that I saw a commercial for, which was Vigilante 8 or something yeah, like that. I saw that same commercial when I was watching that uh, YouTube compilation. What the fuck was that game? Like with a school bus? I, was I like, thought it was it? like a demolition rally or something I like was, that. I thought it was like a, pro, like a commercial for Twisted Metal. Yeah, I did too, too. Too, too as well also is Tom Yen. But... <laughs> Uh, no, I thought it was Twisted Metal commercial and uh, Twisted Metal commercial, and then I saw uh, Vigilante Eight, and I was like, "Have there been seven other Vigilantes I've never heard of, or is this just a weird naming convention you decided to jump it's probably onto?" A weird naming convention, I feel like Vigilante Eight. Yeah, right. Like I don't know, maybe there's an eight that means something in there, but regardless, that game looked wacky. I kind of want to check it out now, but also Beetle, Beetle Adventure Racing bangs on every level. Yeah, and then there's the other one for Perfect Dark taking place in 2023 Chicago. And I'm just like, oh my God, that was last year. Bro, I saw that when I was watching and I lost it. And I was like, this is their future. This, When I was that kid, I thought this was going to happen. Absolutely not. There was like <laughs> invisibility technology in there. There was like a missile silo in the middle of downtown Chicago. Like outrageous stuff. And <laughs> the one thing I love about that is that was like a very like Xeno warrior princess moment. And so they were like, if you want to get this job done and save the future, you need a woman to handle it. Cause that was like perfect dark's whole thing. It was like, it's golden eye, but with the girl. And yeah, so and they had like a half naked chick like throughout most of the pro. And I'm just like, this would not be airing on kids TV. Today. Bro, not even close. It's like, yeah, we got hot babes in our game, but it's the hero. Like God bless him for trying, but <laughs> Holy hell, was that a di- was that just hey, of the time? Perfect Dark is a very much beloved game. Perfect Dark is uh, is an unsung hero for sure. It's definitely one of those hidden gem bangers. And then there was the other one for Mario Party Two, where like people were trying to get into the party, and then one of the dudes just like, "I can't let you in, man. You got a suit." <laughs> <laughs> and then the, at the end of it, the one guy who gets in is, is just the guy who's holding the pizza, who is also the obsessive boyfriend in not another teen movie. Or the obsessive friend who wants to be the boyfriend ah, in not another team movie. Yeah. And also in the, uh, I think it's Mario Golf. And the Mario Golf 64 commercial 
Thomas Lennon is in it. If you don't know who Thomas Lennon is, a little show called Reno 911 calls him Lieutenant Dangle. <laughs> Lieutenant Dangle himself was playing golf with Donkey Kong. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, dude. I, oh, this was such a fine, fun time. Also, just how down. great of a game was Mario Golf? It had, it, again, okay, the theme of this episode is it had no reason being that good, and it was so good. My buddy got it, and he was like, play this game with me, and I was like, golf, whatever, that sounds lame as hell. And we started playing it, and it was the most competitive game we ever played. Like, that game is so awesome and so fun, and probably better made than a lot of the Tiger Woods games made after it. 100%. And I think another big talking point here is just the replayability of these games was endless. I don't think I've ever asked for many new Nintendo 64 games just because I was just so content with what I had. I was just like, I'm having, I can have fun with this forever. Because they had the storyline, which was always fun, and then they had the multiplayer, which was always fun. You needed maybe tops five games ever on the n64 to have like a completely fulfilled experience with that console yeah because i've beaten mario kart over a hundred times i've unlocked everything i even like remember when i beat the game i was like really happy especially because like my hand gifted me that game so i was just like oh man like i finally completed it yeah dude that's awesome when you get a gift and you'd like crush it like i remember i had the choice between uh wwf raw and kirby 64 and I was like, oh, I want WWF Raw. And then my uh, like cousin who was gifting me the game was like, ooh, this game looks a little violent. You're getting the other one. So you're getting Kirby 64. I was like, what the It's fuck? a win-win situation right there anyway. Well, I didn't know anything about the game. And then I started <laughs> playing it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest game I've ever played. It's so fucking fun. Oh, my God, it's got a multiplayer mode. Holy shit, I'm going to spend all of my time playing this multiplayer mode. And that was my experience with like every N64 game. It always delivered way more than it promised another one is with uh, star fox 64 actually because i w- i always wondered how can i get to the other planets that are in the game i'm like is it just there for like decoration am i only supposed to go along the set path yeah but it turns out that in the game there's two different endings can happen that's mission complete and then mission accomplished thanks for that very <laughs> concise naming convention star fox so in order to get the the mission accomplished is the one you want to go for because i guess that's the true ending yeah it's like complete but not the way i wanted but so, accomplished is like you did it kid dad pats you on the bra- back and tells you he's proud of you maybe less of a problem for you than for me but still you so, get this yeah if folks. you get the mission accomplished you go through like this other different levels and everything and like the bosses are a lot harder and some of these i'm like man it's like i'm in a little plane and i'm fighting a fucking gundam yeah, basically. It, it like, was, I, it was I have unfair. no hope against this, but guess what? Fox McCloud carries through. Yeah. So it was. Really, I don't think I've ever come 100% done every path in Star Fox 64, so it's like another reason for me to go back and play it. So yeah, the replayability of these games, I think it was a great thing, cause, and also a bad thing, because then you're not going out and buying more games. But that's where Blockbuster came in. Oh my god, I love Blockbuster weekends. You go there on a Friday... My sisters and my parents would pick a movie, I would pick a video game, and we would have a week to watch and return them all. Like, that was the plan we had, and it was so perfect. And then I would, I would just get those games on occasion, and I was just like, you know what? I'm doubling down on this one. Another week with it, baby. <laughs> yeah, so you never really had to back at that time. And, oh, God, that was perfect. We would go to Blockbuster, we would get games, I would get some candy, I would get, oh, I would always get a crunch bar, and then we would pick up Ang's, the Chinese restaurant that was next door to our uh, blockbuster, and we would get uh, Mongolian beef with extra fried rice and extra egg rolls, and that was our weekend, baby. Oh, it was so good. God, 
we don't have that these days. That's that's my heroine. That's the dragon I'm chasing, man. Is <laughs> just nostalgia. Yeah, Blockbuster was a place where I tried out games that I guess I wanted to buy in the future. Like that's where I tried out Donkey Kong 64, and then eventually I got it. Pokemon Snap. Eventually I got it. Yeah, you straight up market tested games. Like just on the like. Hmm, it was, I don't know if it this was one's good, quite the it, one I want to buy. Honestly, I think that was a good model for it, to be honest. Yeah, but think of how much extra money they had to spend just to advertise their game over another game. Like <laughs> they were just marketing with reckless abandon back in the day and it was so funny and so beneficial for everyone yeah 100 percent. i think so like especially like it's when you think about it like those crash bandicoot commercials were just saying like mario can't do this yeah it's like bro mario doesn't need to <laughs> calm down crash mario's having a good time over here do you know how many party oh my god <laughs> blooper reel do you have any idea how many parties mario has thrown bro we're on, like, at least eight by now. Yeah, and then back to 64 games with uh, Super Smash Brothers and Mario Party. Like, I think even playing those games alone, even though they're supposed to be multiplayer, even playing alone, I still have fun with them. Dude, that was the other thing. When you thought you were good enough to, like, take on a level 9 computer, and then you beat it. So you put up two level 9 computers, and then you lose. And then you train up, and then you finally beat two level 9 computers. And you keep doing that until you beat three level 9 computers, and oh my god, you feel like a god. Not just level nine computers. I feel like uh, board the platforms or break the targets, which Ooh, is something yeah. that I miss in the new Smash games. I wish I just wish they were more intricate with those. Yeah, World of Light is not fun. It's just a collectathon. Yeah, it basically is. I remember they did break the targets for Brawl, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah, it's like nah, because now here now here you're giving me items to use. Too big. The whole point of this, like, I had to use like my within my moveset. Yeah, my character got this done. Yeah. Not this other extraneous stuff. Yeah, I remember in uh, Melee, Race to the Finish. That was a cool one that they added. Race to the Finish was also in sixty four, and that was awesome. No, it wasn't in sixty four. Oh, it was. yes, it was. But it was only because you fought against the uh, fighting a Porygon team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember in Melee, it was like a time challenge thing that you could do, but you couldn't do that in the original Smash. Uh, I mean, original. Well, yeah, original Smash. You only got it in the story mode, and it was just completed as fast as you can. Unless I'm thinking, unless you can't do do it in melee. Maybe I'm misremembering it. You might be thinking because melee had World of Light, or no, not World no. of Light. Um, had adventure mode. It had adventure mode, and then Brawl had the subspace emissary. Subspace emissary. All right, that's what I'm thinking of. That's that's like the goat of all Smash story modes. But also within this library, there was a lot of. I don't want to, I guess, the hidden gems and also games that had no being really good. Like Wave Racer was a game that should have no business being loved by me, yet it was. I, it brought out some competitive edge in me that I wanted to be everybody in that game, and I loved it. And then when I saw it at Chuck E. Cheese one day, and I was like, oh, man, I want to play it. It's a fun game. And then it's really cool because like, when you do the time trials, the ghost for your game was a pink dolphin that you had to race against. That's so cool. <laughs> like, I, I love mirror races, but it always makes me stressful. But if it was like a pretty little pink dolphin, I'd be like, oh, yay, we're having fun. <laughs> so yeah, like Wave Razor, a fun game to play. The snowboarding game was like what, Sean White? Sort of like 1080 Spin was it there called? There was a 1080 snowboarding, and then there was also like Twisted Snowboarding or something like that, which was like the... like funky version of that of 1080 snowboarding which i actually loved because it was very much like um like jet set radio mixed with 1080 snowboarding it was like the cool funky fun version yeah a lot of great games and what was paper mario one game that Woo! i would have 
Never before in my life ever played. I thought that game looked so stupid as a kid, and then I grew up to hear that Thousand Year Door is like maybe the greatest game ever made, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I missed out. So funny thing, and I guess here's a small little anecdote also, which is a fond memory for me for the Nintendo 64 times. Uh, family that my mom used to nanny for during winter break, they would take us out to like Great Wolf Lodge, which, you know, it's a pretty cool place. I loved it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Never been. Well, the, you know, cool water park and everything. But the thing that blew me away was when we got to our hotel room, they had like a Nintendo 64 controller like hooked up to the TV. So when we got to our room, I noticed that they had a 64 controller hooked up to the TV, but I didn't see a 64 system. So I was wondering, I was like, okay, what is this for? And also, a funny thing is that Great Wolf Lodge, where I was to see the premiere of Lizzie McGuire. That's a story for another <laughs> oh, day. Oh, oh, baby, we could talk Lizzie McGuire for a bit. <laughs> We're going to save that one for a special episode. Love you, Hillary Duff. So, but I was wondering, like, okay, how, how can I play 64 games or what is it for? I was like, is, is this how they're using the remote for the TV, basically? But it turns out that they had, like, a catalog of games that you could pick from. And basically, I was like, holy crap, it's like, we can just play whatever game we want. And so one of them was Paper Mario. I was like, okay, let me try Paper Mario, what it's about. And then I realized, I was like, oh, my God, it's like this is like Final Fantasy, like Pokemon, basically. And I was like, this is pretty fun. So instead of going to the water park for most of the time, I was just like, I'm going to play Paper Mario. And Hell I, yeah, ultimate indoor kid. But I mean, I still went to the water park, but I was just like, when it was time to go, I was like up late playing Paper Mario. And then, I mean, it kind of sucked, I guess, because like, you know, we would be upstairs and the kids' parents would be downstairs. And then my brother and I were just like, we're used to playing up late at night just so we could get stuff done. But... You got it was business a, to handle overnight. You know what I mean? It was what it was, but it did make me enjoy Paper Mario. And also just that fond memory. like also how crazy influential the 64 was that these hotel rooms had them installed within their rooms. Bro, like, am I the only one who thinks that Disney, or not Disney, why am I saying Disney? Hotel room TV technology was somehow peak for the for like the longest time. Because they had shit built into their TVs that like no TV was meant to hold. I think so. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they have to. They yeah, have to right. Like release that to the masses. People would gobble <laughs> that shit up. But yeah, no N sixty four in a hotel room. I've never had before. That sounds so rad. I would definitely have been in my parents' nightmare on a vacation if that was the case. Because I'd be like, we paid all this money for you to come see Disney World or something like that. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care, dude. I'm super close to beating fucking Broomhilda in <laughs> Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, see, even more games: Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, great games. Like, give me, give me, give me some of your top top sixty four games that you think. Um, all right, obviously Smash Bros. Mario sixty four literally changed gaming. Uh, Beetle Adventure Racing, as I mentioned before. Uh, Gauntlet Legends actually was a really fun four person action RPG. I really liked that game, and that kind of introduced me to like the fantasy realm of games. And I all loved right, it. All right. Um. Man, there's so many other good ones. Every Mario Party game is good. Every Mario Kart game is good. Uh, all of the Mario sports games are good. Tennis, um, golf. Was there anything else on N64? That was it, that was it on N64. Yeah. Wow, what a couple of sports to choose. Very random, Nintendo, <laughs> but I appreciate your efforts nonetheless. And honestly, there's probably so many that I've played that I can't even remember, but dude, N64 had a banger library. Any game, Any console with a Tony Hawk on it, instantly succeeds simply because tony hawk games literally improve every console they're on yeah because then other ones to name here you have pokemon stadium one and two. Oh yes our golden eye um you have legend of zelda orcarina of time and majora's mask majora's mask is the better game i'm gonna say folks uh, obviously perfect dark you have mortal kombat legend sub-zero 
which was like that storyboard yeah. about Sub Zero. And I was like, that was pretty cool. That was raw. They didn't need. <laughs> I was gonna say it again, but they didn't need to do it, and they did it for us. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, Midway, Chicago Love, uh, Yoshi Story, another fun game. <laughs> do you remember the Yoshi Story? commercial where like the two kids had the tongue and we're oh, practicing yeah. with, oh, I, I, was hate, I hated weird. that commercial but I loved it so much it reminded me of Toad from X-Men yeah also when I was playing Yoshi Story anytime I lost a Yoshi I felt so sad because they were getting carried away to the castle and yeah I like, right I failed you You, yeah rest in peace to that one particular Yoshi uh, but I'm trying to think of some other games. I said Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie already. Sarge's Heroes is another one. Star Fox 64. Uh, Rush, which is like a car racing game, and then you can. There was a mode where you can jump off like colored ramps. It looked like a neon colored Tron City kind of thing. Oh, sweet! So it was, it was just fun to do. Just jump off these ramps, try to pull off all these tricks. Wow! Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, what else was there that we played? Bomberman 64 was really fun. Bomberman 64 and Bomberman Adventure and Adventure 2 were amazing. Or was it Adventure or was it Quest? I don't remember. Re- whatever the... I just played oh, 64. Oh, it was Heroes. Heroes 1 and 2. Bomberman Heroes 2, I played that game into the ground because if you plug in a second player, they can control the little monster avatar, which is very much like a skeets for... <laughs> yeah, I remembered it, bitch. <laughs> it was very much like a skeets for uh, Bomberman and you could like evolve him as an egg in different ways and stuff like that and i remember my favorite was i could be a flying dragon so i like literally could just fly over things and it was the ultimate like you know original sonic and tails use tails to just tank everything because he could never die it was that but in Bomberman. and so just player two was a god and so i just went through and wreaked havoc and then my buddy would follow up safely behind me nice god i have so many memories <laughs> Uh, so many memories of n64 yeah i mean other games you know those clay fighters uh what was nfl blitz there was oh my god nfl blitz 2000 is the best game ever made i know i've said like three different games are the best game ever made but nfl blitz 2000 is such a funny game and i i will play that to this day i don't even give a shit about whatever madden is out right now nfl blitz 2000 bring that back (laughs) i want nfl blitz 3000 show me a futuristic version of it that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've, I'm trying to think if there's any other games that I've missed, but I can't really remember because I, I, I had a small library. So whatever I had is what I grew up with playing, and that was it. I mean, there was Conkers, there was Glover. Those are both really good games. Rayman uh, 3, I want to say, was on there. Uh, that was a really tight game. Um, God, there's so many games. I think it was FIFA 99 where I got introduced to Arsenal. <laughs> which is my least favorite origin story of all time because <laughs> it was the laziest origin story i've ever heard it's not lazy it's just hey it was like meant to be it was fate <sighs> sure man oh rampage was another good one i remember staying oh, up to my like God, rampage world tour 3 a.m trying to beat the game and i'm thinking like okay it's like we're gonna i'm like there's 50 states we're doing a city in each of the 50 states i was like once we do them all i think we'll be complete like nope the game just kept on going oh it doesn't stop baby yeah i didn't know that yeah, I love that game, though. I'd love to be Liz. <laughs> I mean, to me, I think this is a great gaming library, not just because of like the high-quality games, but replayability. Like I said, I had a small library, and all of them I would never get tired of playing. Even to now, I don't get tired of playing them. Bangers thrown through. I'd bang them today, man. I don't think there's any bad game in this library. I mean, I forgot Superman 64 exists, but I feel like... Oh, there's also a few. Uh, Power Ranger Lightspeed Ra- Rangers is incredibly bad, and uh, Karma- Carmageddon play. 60- no, they're not. I mean, I played the Power Rangers. I had fun with that one. <laughs> oh, you're the only one who did. 
interesting. There's there's fun in them. So, but overall, I think this system did have a great game library. If anyone out there knows that we missed any of the games that you grew up playing, let us know in the comments. But as we move on here to question time. Oh my god. Question time. For those of you who want to have your questions featured over here in the Divergent 64 podcast, send us your questions over on our question prompt or DM us or leave a comment on our YouTube channel with the word question. Or you can always train uh, a colony of ants to leave us a message in the morning dew, perhaps. That's another option. So I'm really yeah. running out of ways to say this. So, yes. Yeah. So for this, <laughs> for this episode, we specifically asked for all of you to give us your favorite 64 memories or anything related to the Nintendo 64. We got a couple of questions. The first one is here is from John. As he's asking, my favorite Nintendo 64 game is Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. What is yours? Beetle Adventure Racing, man. That game was amazing. I don't care. Me and my buddy played that game so many times. I can't even count. It, it just didn't need to be that good. It was so fun. I think for me, surprisingly, maybe now I'm thinking about it now. I think I'm going to be Mario Party 2 or oh, Pokemon, Mario Party or two Pokemon so Stadium 2. It's those two. Pokemon Stadium 2 felt like too slow for me because I didn't really like turn-based combat at that moment. No, I just love the minigames. The minigames now were really Oh, the minigames were rad when you were like either uh, Pinsir or Scyther and you had to slice the that logs. That was fun, but also playing the Hitmontop. Oh, yeah. You were straight Beyblading. Yes. Oh, my straight God. Up yeah, no, those games were amazing. But yeah, no, Beetle, Beetle Adventure Raising, that game was so silly, so fun. I loved it. And then another question we have here um they're asking is there anything that nintendo 64 could have done like more basically i I mean like sure probably a bunch of the things being named but i maybe having a less dog shit controller like third parties excluded that's the weirdest controller in gaming history so i don't know i guess for me i just wish it had more sequels to certain games like yeah there was not a very sequel heavy console except mario party 2 and 3 came out there and there was two different Bomberman heroes. Other than that, I can't really think of too many sequels that came out in that game. At least first party wise, there wasn't too many sequels. Uh, Banjo Kazooie and Tui. That's second party because they rare was not a first right. That's rare, rare, rare. Good choice. Good point. Good point. Um, shit. Yeah. No. Good point then. Yeah. I mean, I guess I for me, I wish the DD drive came more into fruit, like came to fruition. I would have liked to see that. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like they just saved all that for GameCube anyway, so I'm not too worried about what we what could have been on that library. Yeah, we'll see. I guess for we'll save that for the GameCube episode when that comes up. That's going to be an empty episode. You better do that with somebody else. <laughs> so, yeah, we appreciate all of you listening to another episode of the Divergence Podcast and this special episode out of Nintendo 64. The best thing about it is that we can always revisit this episode for more. As we bring, maybe, you know, <laughs> Lord knows we've revisited it a few times, buddy. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll bring some guests and we'll see what their fond memories of the 64 were. Hey, you very good. See you next time. Uh, but most importantly here, remember to have yourselves a damn good one. Later, losers. <laughs>